Salutations. Welcome to the evolution of blithering thoughts at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. I'm your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. And today we're going to talk about the good life, ideas and flow, t-shirt notions, and resources for our spiritual toolbox. Today's episode number 24 is entitled, The Critically Reflective Citizen of Today and Tomorrow. We have a quote first from Winston Churchill. Democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others. And this additional quote from Mahatma Gandhi, What is really needed to make democracy function is not knowledge of facts, but right education. And to this end, it is my hope to share a number of helpful resources so that we can equip ourselves to be critically reflective citizens. So there's a vote coming up in Canada, a federal election, October 21st. I've been having a lot of discussions with different people. We haven't really talked about who uh, we're, we're going to vote for. We haven't uh, been kind of trying to convince or persuade one another of a certain uh political uh, party that uh, people should be considering in terms of uh, voting on the 21st. We've just been having a conversation about being really aware of the importance of collecting information about different campaigns, the, the, the camp- campaign ideas of the different parties, uh, certain uh, policy initiatives that they're proposing, just awareness of all the plethora of issues on the table of consideration. Some people are very interested in universal income. We've we've talked in the past about the rise of the useless class. Now, this was a in in the last episode and the one before. We noted that Yuval. Noel Harari has said that because of the the rise of AI and and uh, the integration of technology into the the work sector is displacing a number of people and we see this this rise of the useless class and so it would seem like for for many people this idea of a universal income would make sense. And for others, it's about climate change. And there's been a whole bunch of protests globally recently. Uh, In Canada, and I believe in the United States, there's been an opioid crisis. Uh, In in terms of climate uh, change, um, there's discussions about carbon taxes. So there's a whole bunch of different issues that people are talking about. And our conversations have just been about raising awareness and trying to make sure we encourage each other to make informed decisions. So if there was a t-shirt that I would be promoting in in terms of this concept of the, the upcoming vote, it would be quite simply, vote, it's your right. I, I think it's really important that people they vote their conscious, that they, they get out there, that they cast a vote, 
and that they make an informed decision and we can do this by engaging in respectful conversation as opposed to taking a partisan approach to things. I think it's also really incumbent upon us to make sure that we teach our children about the value of participating in the democratic process. There seems to be a meme that just continues over time from one election to the next election, from generation to generation, this meme of, like, why vote? It's pointless. It doesn't make a difference. And, and for me, this is an example of a logical fallacy called the bandwagon effect. And in terms of the, uh, the different resources I'd like to propose, that is one of the resources. There is a video that you can access on YouTube called Top 10 Logical Fallacies. 2018 and I'll include it in my show notes and it explores the different kind of tricks the different kind of tactics and strategies that politicians might use during their debates right they, they talk about uh, the appeal to emotions which seems to be really common right now and so when I was thinking about uh, the the title for this podcast I, I, I was thinking you know, maybe it should be this very lengthy one and uh, to, to kind of capture a point, the idea of, you know, this, this, this logical fallacy that is quite popular. It's an interesting tactic, the appeal to emotions. So I, I was thinking maybe I should be calling it the critically reflective citizen of today and tomorrow, not the emotionally provoked persuadable. Because there's a lot of effort to get us upset, to get us angry, in in effort to get us energized. And what happens is we we see our our political leaders engaging in these things called ad hominem attacks, where they they just call each other names and they take these complex, complicated issues and they suggest that there's just two answers. Is something we call false dichotomies it's it's either this way or that way in in canada right now it would seem that in terms of the way some of the debates have been going the suggestion is that there's just two options and when you know the the liberals or the conservatives and when you if you you hear something you don't like in terms of one position on a platform whether it's health or justice or immigration then we see that sometimes because of the appeal to emotions that uh, some some people are making hasty generalizations and they're like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to vote for that particular um, party because I don't agree with that one aspect of their platform. So I, I guess my hope is that I'm going to provide a couple of resources and that these resources might help people make informed decisions, to, to become informed, to then go out and vote. And in the process of doing this, also role model for the kids, their kids, about the importance of engaging in the democratic process. So what are some of these resources that I would like to share with uh, my fellow Canadians in terms of checking out? Uh, there's one called Vote Compass. So if you're a, a new voter if you're a millennial and this is your first federal election and you're not sure 
how to orient yourself. And you want to make sure that you don't get caught up in that bandwagon effect and just vote the way your parents vote. That, you know, you, you really want to sit down and do that thing that we talked about in terms of developing competencies. You, you, you want to get you engage in some critical thinking. Go to Vote Compass. You can uh, fill out a, a questionnaire survey. So far, they say they have, they've had a 1 million, over 1 million responses. And it can help you decide whether you're more aligned with Trudeau, Scheer, Singh, Blanchett, May, Bernier. What, what party seems to represent you? And you're, you're then collecting information and making and inform, you're, you're becoming informed and hopefully you're able to go out and get involved in some engaged and respectful conversations so that you can go make a vote, make, cast a vote, cast your ballot. There's also this other resource. It's called Student Vote Canada. Once again, also in the resources, there's a classroom resources page and there is just so much wonderful information and and this is about the the right education that gandhi's talking about uh, for students at the elementary intermediate level we're talking about learning about rights and responsibilities the government in canada informed citizenship facts versus opinions and news analysis becoming aware of your candidates and uh, the voting process they also have a, a secondary level version of uh, the different areas that I've just talked about, which includes some other things like online verification habits, questioning images, um, journalism and democracy. Videos include government and democracy, federal elections, and uh, there's this other one uh, about logical fallacies as well at, at this website. So I, I think this, this is just a great one. And, and I guess the uh, last major resource I'd like to talk about is a website, polonize.org, where they present the different um, parties uh, and, and give solid accounts of their, their platforms so that you can become... You, you can be in the know in terms of the, the things that they're talking about. So, yeah, there's a there's a couple of things I just wanted to identify. You know, this is a great opportunity to kind of synthesize a lot of the past discussions and see how things are all interconnected. So we have an election coming up. I had a previous podcast about difficult conversations and when you have different views, being able to sit down with someone does constitute a difficult moment. And the idea of taking turns, listening, and sharing with one another. I think that this idea of a federal election provides us with a, an opportunity to practice that skill, but also to do it for the greater good of Canadians collectively together moving forward with a vision that is, is something that can bring us together to create that, that uh, national solidarity. 
I'm, I'm proposing that, you know, if there are some people that are of the thinking, why vote? What's the point? Um, to, to, con to consider the idea of going out and at least conducting an experiment. If you're not inclined to vote, if you, if you haven't voted, if you think it's pointless, I propose uh, the voting experiment, you know, go out and vote and then re reflect on the results and get a sense of whether or not, in fact, it, it did make a difference. I have a concern that not to vote, in a sense, amounts to allowing others that vote to double down on their vote. That if, you know, there was a certain party in, in uh, the running that you were inclined not to be aligned with, it, by not voting, you, you don't provide yourself with the opportunity to at least cancel out one of the votes on the other side. And then that gives a greater value to the other person who does go out to vote. So there really is, I think, a... a substantial cost to not going out and that it creates this doubling down effect for the opposition party that uh, you're not aligned with. So this is the proposed idea of maybe going out and experimenting with it. As you're getting ready possibly to imagine yourself going out to participate in this experiment. I think it, we, we want to remember that choices, when we make choices, they exist in a context, the whole C cube, circumstance, choice, consequence. I just, I, I think it's really important people don't lose sight of the background in, in which we, we exist. And in uh, some previous podcasts, we've talked about the fact that there's some really big concerns that we have globally. There's the, the concern about nuclear war. There's the concern about climate change. There's the concern about AI and tech disruptions as people are being displaced from the workforce and replaced by AI and other advanced technologies. And that when we're Talking to politicians, when, when we, ha we, we have this moment because an election is here and we can ask them some questions, it, it's a, a moment when we're giving ourselves a voice and we temporarily have an opportunity, if, if nothing else, to try to hold them accountable. I think there's some things that we should be looking at when they're sharing their platforms with us in terms of this background, right? So these are the concerns we have. And we might want to ask, and that could be our starting point, say, considering these big problems, considering additionally with the AI and tech disruptions, uh, the uh, data mining that's going on with big tech corporations, you know, it allows us to offer, to ask that question to each of them, say, you know, what is the vision that you have for us? in five years? What, what is your vision for us in 10 years? Like, where, do, where would you like to go? Where do you want to take us knowing that there is the rise of the useless class? That for many, they're stuck in the gig economy and they can't afford 
to buy a house and that the prices of houses are going up. What is your vision for the youth of tomorrow as they step into the, you know, the helm positions that we're occupying right now? I think when they're talking to us about their platforms, we, we really want to know about the policy initiatives that they're interested in. Like, what, what are the policies? I, I watched uh, some segments from the last national uh, English debate, and there was a lot of name-calling, a lot of ad hominem attacks. There was a lot of talking over one another. There was no listening going on. And I didn't get a sense of anything concrete or specific. So it would be nice to be able to kind of step back to make sure that we're not emotionally triggered, provoked, so that we can say, well, you know, what is the budget that they're proposing? What's the allocation look like? What are their policy initiatives? What, what Are they the kind of, do they, do they conduct themselves with integrity while we were watching them in the debates? Were, were they engaged in civil conversation? Were they actually answering the questions? Were they respectfully listening to opposition parties? Are these parties too, are they all encouraging people to get out there and vote? Like, is, is that something that they, they have been like emphasizing in terms of uh, their campaigning? They're just everyone, right? Encourage like whether or not you're uh, aligned with the liberals, we still want you to get out there and vote and um, to, to have a voice in, in this uh, political process. So those are some of the things I, I, in terms of C cubed, I think it's important that uh, we don't lose sight of. The, the, the thing I'd like to conclude my closing thought, because as I said, for me, it, it's just about sharing some resources, uh, suggesting some ideas that it's important as uh, critically reflective citizens that we attempt to achieve a couple of these these check marks about getting informed and engaging in uh, open conversations. I also think that this provides us with a really interesting opportunity to uh, get honest with ourselves about how much we 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 pretend to know. And 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 because uncertainty is uh, it's a difficult thing to to contend with. But often I find that after an election, people are inclined to say, you know, I knew that was going to happen, and uh, they anticipated it, and that could be the very reason why someone decides, you know, what that just confirms why I didn't vote. I knew that was going to be the outcome. And uh, it leaves a, perhaps a, a bad aftertaste in uh, one's mouth. But uh, I think uh, there's a real good opportunity here for us to take a moment and uh, make some predictions and then see how well we fare in terms of those predictions. Right. So uh, specifically, I'm interested in the discussions that I've been having. So I've been asking people, so, you know, what are your thoughts about what the participation rate is going to be in terms of the election. 
So uh, from my understanding, in uh, 2008, the 2008 election, there was a 58% participation rate of all eligible voters, 58% participated. And in 2015, that went up to 68.5%, which is quite incredible. So something was happening that people decided they needed to find their voice. And another reason why I think it's important to go out and vote and to stand up to this, what I see as a very dangerous meme of why vote. With all the misinformation and disinformation that is out there, it would be my thinking that if people are pouring, pouring a lot of energy, money, time into trying to get my attention, to get me angry, then it must mean that there's something about my vote that's important. And it would seem that uh, sometimes there's the goal to prevent people from, like people are actually engaged in targeting certain groups to encourage them not to vote. People are being discouraged to vote and there's an increase in uh, voter apathy. It's being strongly encouraged. So the fact that some people would put time and energy and money into that, for me, speaks to the fact that voting is a significant right that needs to be actualized. So in terms of my predictions, I'm thinking that at uh, the upcoming election, we could either see um, a similar participation rate, 68.5, or it could go down. It could be less than that which once again, I think would increase uh, the doubling down impact of those who do vote. Because if less people are voting, then that means the, you know, the, the impact of those who do vote, that goes up. So another outcome could be an increased amount of voter participation. So I'm interested. I have my ideas. Um, and, and I've shared them within my circles about my thoughts in terms of what's going to happen uh, for this upcoming election. The other, of course, is, you know, what's your prediction? You know, is it going to be a, a liberal majority? Are we going to be surprised and shocked uh, by that? Or will it be a conservative majority? Will be surprised? Will we be surprised or shocked with that? How about a liberal minority in a coalition kind of reality, a coalition where they might have to reach out to perhaps a NDP party that uh, gets momentum and increased votes because of the votes that are um, lost from the liberals. And uh, what would that look like? So what's your prediction? It's it's a it's a it's a fun thing to do. It fits in also with the idea of you know the goal of being creative uh, in terms of blithering thoughts at the Hope for Humans Cafe. But I think sometimes we have ideas about the world, and we're pretty confident about our ideas of uh, uh, that we have at a certain moment, and then the time arrives when you know the 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 facts are there on the table, and and they're 
they're telling us a story, but we've kind of conveniently forgot if if we're, if we weren't on track, you know, our, our initial predictions. And uh, sometimes even if we we didn't even really provide any ideas about uh, the, the certain outcomes, we then start claiming that, uh, hey, you know, like uh, I called that. So I, th- I think it's just a, a really good activity to kind of keep us honest in terms of, you know, challenging the thoughts that we do have. So I hope that if uh, you are eligible to vote in the federal election on October 21, that you uh, metaphorically put on that t-shirt, vote, it's your right. I hope that uh, you vote your conscience. I hope you get informed. I hope you engage in some respectful conversations. I hope you role model for the upcoming generation the importance of going out to vote. I hope you're aware of the C-cubed reality of this moment, that there's a context, there's a whole bunch of things that are important. Not all of them are going to be addressed. And because of that, we have to be able to remind ourselves that as critically reflective citizens, as we focus on today, we can't lose sight of tomorrow because those issues, they don't go away. They're still there. Check out the resources that I've, I've got to share with you and uh, put those predictions out there in terms of your, your community, uh, the people that you're talking with. And, and hopefully what you'll do is you'll encourage one another to make sure you're getting good information and, uh, you know, I guess, uh, hopefully we can get around the misinformation, the disinformation, and just participate in, in the process, knowing that there's always room for improvement. But as uh, Winston Churchill has said, there there are worst possibilities so together maybe with the right attitude with the right spirit we can make a a thing that's uh, not so perfect work the best that it can for us this thing called democracy so thank you for joining me as i said uh, i have a feeling that um this uh i i've fallen short but i i just felt it uh i felt compelled and i felt it incumbent upon me to kind of put something out there and i'm up against the clock right because today is the uh well as i'm making this um episode it's october 10th and uh we're only 11 days away from the election so vote it's your right